Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Football Today DFS. We are starting the show in the chat with our FFT DFS contest, so go ahead and join that. If you're listening to the podcast, it'll be in the podcast description as well. We've got a 10-game slate. I'm pretty excited about it. Mike, how's everything going? Doing well. See you fired up for this week. Uh, a lot of great games. You know, this is obviously the NFL podcast, but college basketball is in full swing. Awesome yeah. college football games this week. And of course, a great 10 game NFL slate. You know, I love these little smaller slates like this. I love when we have teams on by other teams on the primetime slate. So makes things interesting. And I think there are a few very interesting matchups here this week. Totally agree. And, and, and it's funny you say that because I like, you know, a lot of these high profile teams are either on a buy or they're just not playing on the main slate. I like those slates personally. And talking about my, um, smaller slates, I'll tell everybody. And if you if you listen to our Tuesday show, Dave, thanks for being in the chat and saying this is one of the best parts of your Friday, by the way. You know, I haven't been great on the main slate, but where I've really been successful is either playing the early only slates. You know, I'm mixing those in with the, the main slate. And of course, I'm playing the afternoon slates. That's really where I've made a lot of my, my money here. So I, I just want to stress that upon people. Like we do like these smaller 10 game slates, Mike and I do at least, but you can make them even smaller and more narrow and really kind of narrow your player pool and who you're going to fire at with the afternoon and the early slate. So I wanted to put that out there. Uh, Mike, let's get started. We've got, uh, it, I think what is an interesting game just from an NFL standpoint, because these two teams are pretty good, especially the Ravens. Browns plus six and a half at the Ravens. It's a pretty low total. Um, and, and I, you know, normally that wouldn't necessarily completely get me off of the game, but this game seems to size up as sort of a, a defense on defense matchup where I'm not necessarily, you know, wanting to play Lamar Jackson here. I don't know which, I really don't know which running back to play. Like Gus Edwards, he's getting all the touchdown equity, but if Keaton Mitchell is healthy, he, he popped up with a hamstring. If he's healthy, he could get some run. I don't think this is a Zay Flowers or Mark Andrews spot personally. And on the Brown side, I don't trust Deshaun Watson yet. And I'm not going to play Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, Pierre Strong. I'm not going to try to figure that one out at Baltimore are you on anything in this game? I'm not, you know, and I, I thought it might have been an interesting spot to play Lamar initially uh, just because, look, he's underperformed drastically because the team has been so good recently. Mm -hmm. um, I'm never going to say you can't play Lamar. Like, you can certainly play Lamar in any matchup. Uh, but everything else, you, you know, you're right. It, it's a defensive battle in this game. Cleveland is a team that they're, they're intelligent. This is a matchup they're familiar with. They know their path to victory is a low-scoring game. Just keep it close and simply get to that fourth quarter. So I am off of it. The Ravens' defense is so good in the red zone. Uh, I think we're going to see some field goals. I, again, the only thing that would ever be interesting here would be a showdown slate on it, but it, it's not yeah. big prize pools for it. So I'm going to be off this one completely. I totally agree. We're going to move on to the Texans and the Bengals, which is interesting on multiple fronts. But before we get there, uh, Dave says, hey, Mike, can we get a name for that jacket slash collar? Is, is there a name for that type of jacket by any chance? I don't know. Uh, it's a great company called State and Liberty uh, run by some former athletes. Uh, they have a location here in Nashville. They believe they're from Michigan. I do not know the name of it other than Mr. Tim Tebow rocks this uh a different color of this one. Other than that, I don't remember the name. I uh, just got them recently and it was cold here in Nashville. I was running late because I'm putting 14 college basketball plays on Sportsline this morning. Um, so I didn't take the jacket off from taking my dog outside. So that's why you get to see it today. I love it. And by the way, if you're not a member of Sportsline, like seriously, what are you doing? 14 plays for Mike. I wonder of those 14, the, the most high profile, at least for tonight, would probably be Duke, Arizona. And I'm not asking you to give me the pick. Is that one of the 14 by any chance? 
It is not one of the 14. Uh, these are all totals, by the way. Just betting. I bet a ton of totals, high volume. I'll bet probably 800 college basketball games this season. Wow. Uh, just a lot, a lot of volume on totals, which are extremely volatile. You'll see the market move three, four points at a time when, when some of these happen. I would say the highest profile game or games on here for me would be Texas A&M, Ohio State, and Florida, Virginia. Uh, I actually have the over in both of those games. And mm. one more quickly for you. Let's see. Uh, Gonzaga. Interesting. I have an under uh, on the Gonzaga game tonight. All right. You're 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 listening to FFT DFS and you're getting college picks from Sportsline. <laughs> if you want the other 11, just be a member of Sportsline. I'm going to put a, a play on there later today. And, and certainly I put a I put an NFL bet on there actually uh, earlier today in that San Francisco uh, Jacksonville game, which we'll get to Texans plus six and a half at the Bengals, 46 and a half point total. A lot of injuries to monitor here, obviously. Uh, T. Higgins doesn't look like he's going to play. Jamar Chase says he's going to play. We'll have to kind of wait and see. I imagine, Mike, he's a game-time decision. I think that's kind of what we're looking at there. Uh, Nico Collins sat out of practice yesterday. Today's Friday. He sat out of practice yesterday, Thursday, um, with an injury. So, uh, you know, this is just one of those interesting situations. Speaking of totals, we have a 46.5-point total, but Really, if, if some of these players are out, this this thing could go down dramatically. You know, I, I don't know how you want to sort of perceive things. Like, I think Jamar Chase is going to play. I, I don't know about Nico Collins legitimately. Um, but as I look at this game, it's obviously going to be popular. I mean, a Joe Burrow stack makes sense to Jamar Chase. Maybe a, maybe a low-priced Tyler Boyd or, or Trenton Irwin is certainly in play here. And then on the way back, if Nico is out, if Nico's in, yeah, you can play him. But if he's out, like Tank Dell, Noah Brown, like all of a sudden there's so much value that opens up in this game. Tank Dell, 5,500. Noah Brown, 3,700. Dalton Schultz is in the mix at 4,900 if you want to pay up a little bit there. But Irwin's a flat 3K. Uh, Boyd is 4,600. Chase, of course, pretty expensive at, at um, let's see, 8,600. A lot to talk about here. I didn't even mention Joe Mixon at 6,200. I've been sorry. I'm just just throwing stuff at you. How you playing this one? I'm definitely playing it. There's a lot to love here. Love the Cincinnati side. Uh, you know, when you remove a guy like T. Higgins and potentially a banged up Jamar Chase, I think it just makes this game overly competitive. You know, it was kind of there are a lot of people looking at the Texan side at times, even with. Uh, thinking Higgins and Chase were both going to be in. Uh, CJ Stroud's been phenomenal, and he's shown the ability that they can push uh, opponents here. These games actually tend to shoot out, and I think that that's what we see here overall. So I love Joe Burrow. Uh, I'm going to be stacking him with whatever complement of wide receivers are available. Uh, I'll play some Jamar Chase. I'll have lineup builds without Jamar Chase, even if he is active. Uh, he took a massive fall there, and it wouldn't shock me if he yeah. is limited if he does play. Uh, so love Trent Irwin, love Tyler Boyd, love Joe Mixon. Uh, I think Mixon will just be involved in that passing game. But to me, this game projects as one where we could see both teams in the 30s, uh, much like we just saw last week with Houston's game there. Let me ask you this. Let, let me, let, let's project a little bit. This is the one o'clock game, of course, on Sunday. Let's assume Jamar Chase is a game time decision and that you are thinking, well, he's going to play, but I, you, that you're not sure he's going to be able to really be a full go. In other words, he's not going to be at 100%. Is there a scenario where you stack Joe Burrow, you leave out Jamar Chase, and if so, what does that stack look like? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I think that it, it's one that I'll be building for sure, but what will happen in that spot is I'll be paying up for, uh, honestly, the Chargers guys, which we'll get to that game in a bit, but I, I think mm -hmm. the build – where it looks like it's going to be a double stack or a, a full-on onslaught. So if Chase is limited or out, uh, it would be Burrow, Boyd, Irwin, and Mixon. 
if not, it would just be Mixon and Boyd. Um, and then I would be paying up for guys like Keenan Allen and or Austin Eckler, Amonra St. Brown. Uh, some of those guys, again, we'll get not to reveal too much. We'll get to that game in a little bit. Uh, but that that's basically what it looked like. If I were not playing Jamar Chase, I would essentially be loading up uh, on the entire rest of the Bengals offense. And are you interested in a CJ Stroud stack? And if so, who would it be with knowing that Nico seems to be a little questionable? Yeah, I think Stroud is interesting. Uh, I'm probably just going to play Tank Dell and focus on the Sensi side a little bit more. Uh, yeah. But he, he's certainly shown the ability uh, to compete in games like this. So if I were to play him, it'd probably be Tank Dell, Noah Brown. Um, we'll see on Nico. I, I think Nico could definitely miss this game. Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm leaning that way, too. It's funny because last week on the Tuesday show and on the Friday show, we talked about the Texan stack and I ended up playing it, but I only played it. And, and I don't have a lot of different uh, stacks, as everybody knows. I only played it once and, and it was with really the wrong guys. It was with Nico and not Tank Dell. And, and uh, so anyway, that one didn't pay off. But listen, I think CJ Stroud could have some trouble with a Lou Anarumo defensive coordinator specifically. That doesn't mean you shouldn't play him, though, because he could absolutely pop off. And I don't think this running game is really going to do much in general, uh, including against uh, the Bengals. So um, Irv Smith, he's not on your radar, right? Because it looks like Tanner Hudson and Drew Sample are getting too many looks. I mean, Irv Smith's only 2,700. That's why I'm bringing him up. Yeah, so what I would say on the Irv Smith situation is he becomes playable if Jamar Chase is out. Uh, and what I mean by that is I think that they could slide him into a few more of those sets. Um, mm -hmm. he, he has run a route on a significant number of plays. Uh, but yeah, having Sample and, and the other guys out there I think has not been an ideal situation. So a little too crowded unless Chase is out, in which case I think their offense obviously changes significantly losing Higgins and Chase both. Yeah, and for the record, the Houston Texans secondary, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals secondary, they give up plenty to quarterbacks and wide receivers. So it's certainly, uh, at least on paper, looks like a pretty good matchup. And I don't think the weather is an issue in this game. Now, the weather might be an issue in this next game, which is also another exciting one. 49ers minus three at the Jaguars. It's a 45-point total. Um, I say the weather might be an issue because I think there's a pretty good chance of rain and there might be some wind. Mike, I don't know if you've checked the weather on this one, but last I checked, there, there's at least we're looking at like 15 to 20 mile per hour winds and certainly a good chance of rain. I do think that impacts stacking this game to some degree. But listen, th there's a lot of pieces here that I kind of like too, including a potential Brock Purdy stack, whether you want to do that with CMC or Brandon Ayuk. I mean, Debo is healthy. So unfortunately, there's there's a lot of potential targets here. I haven't even mentioned George Kittle. On the other side, I think I like Calvin Ridley's matchup in this case a little bit better than Christian Kirk because the Niners have a little bit more trouble with outside receivers than, than guys that are lining up a little bit more inside. I think ETN is interesting. I don't think I'm going to get there with him, but uh, do you like anything here? Yeah, this one is fascinating. Uh, there is something I like. I've said the guy's name a few times uh, throughout the season, but it, it continues to be Evan Ingram only because of the target volume. Uh, you know, you look after week one this season, he has not had fewer than seven targets in a game. Uh, and, and again, we don't have Travis Kelsey here really to to come rescue things. So I, I think this is an interesting, uh, interesting spot overall uh, at the tight end position this week. So you got Mark Andrews in that Cleveland matchup all the way up to 6,900. You've got Kittle in this game at 61. Uh, but you, you could go play Evan Ingram, who's all the way down to 4,500 with wide receiver-like target volume in a neutral or trailing game script. Uh, one where you're, again, looking for short area targets against a very good 49ers defense. So that is my primary focus on this game. 
Secondary focus would be Christian McCaffrey. You mentioned the weather, the volume. There are a lot of mouths to feed in that offense, but in a competitive game, uh, he is certainly the guy that they want to have the football in his hands. Yeah, so it's funny. Before the show, I built – I should say I tried to build a lineup with Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown, who I, obviously I love both of them for, I think, reasons that are pretty obvious to everybody, and we'll get to that game. And I tried to put Christian McCaffrey in that lineup. It was a tournament lineup, by the way. I wasn't trying to build cash, although I think that's great for cash too. Um, it didn't leave much. So I ended up because I wanted other guys. I wanted like Keenan Allen in, in my in my stack as as my run back in that Detroit game. I ended up having to pivot off of Christian McCaffrey. And in this particular lineup, which I did by the way in like two minutes just before the show, so I, I didn't put a ton of a thought into it. I ended up pivoting down from CMC to of all players, uh, Rashad White, who I literally haven't played all year, and, and now I might have to buckle and start playing him because the guy's just getting so much of the running back touches. Again, we'll get there too. But the point is, I love CMC this week. It's going to, if you want like a high end stack and maybe with like the Burrow stacks, if you're not playing Chase, then you can get away with, you know, putting CMC in those lineups. But if you want to build like Goff or whatever, Herbert to Keenan or Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown, it's really hard to get, even if you're paying down a defense, paying down a tight end, really hard to get Christian McCaffrey in there. Are you yeah. interested in Ridley or Christian Kirk at all against this secondary that's that's been giving up some points here? I, I'm not personally. Um, and the reason for that, though, is because I, I am going to be on a Joe Burrow stack overall and mm -hmm. uh, that game environment. There's just so many little options there. So I, it's a game that I'm mostly going to be off uh, outside of Evan Ingram, who who is firmly in my player pool. Gotcha. And Shad asks, how do you feel about stacking CMC and Debo together? I personally don't like that. Mike, any any thoughts there? Yeah, I really don't like it. Um, I, I think that you'd be better off. You know, I talk about this a lot, but I, I firmly believe it here. I, I think you'd be better off uh, playing one that you really like more and then looking to the betting markets to try and get additional exposure to them mm -hmm. uh, because there's no way they're going to be good enough in your lineup to have both for them to not hit some of their overs in the betting market. So I, I would much rather see you do that where they can just barely hit the overs, not be needed in the, uh, in the DFS side. So. Uh, I do not, you know, it is a limited week and it, it there are scenarios there, but the scenario where uh, this team is scoring 35 points doesn't seem as likely here. All right. Well, we're going to jump to the Packers and the Steelers, which we're probably going to do pretty quickly. But before and we're going to answer some of these questions you guys have in the chat, really good questions in the chat. Um, but before we do any of that, we're going to take a break and hear a word from our partners. So Dave in Phoenix has a question uh, before we get to this Packers Steelers game. He says, in three maxes, do you play three QB stacks or do you play a core stack in all three lineups and move the lesser pieces around? Never asked this. Always wondered how people generally play this. Mike, I'm going to answer this first and obviously feel free to have a completely different answer. But first of all, I, I do want to ask the question, are these the only three lineups you're playing? In other words, are you just are you playing a three max and, and, and that's that's all you're playing for the week? I, I think if that's the case. I would pro personally, I, I would probably have maybe the same stack or maybe two stacks. I, I would have like two lineups with one stack. And then, you know, in, in one of those lineups, you're moving pieces around. And then if you like a second stack, play play that second stack as your third lineup. Mike, how would you play this? Yeah, it's very dependent on the week overall, but I keep extremely narrow player pools personally. Mm -hmm. um, so in my three max last week, I had two different quarterbacks total. Um, it, it was two lineups with Dak and one with Jalen Hurts. Um, I had five lineups total using three quarterbacks. So I had two Jalen Hurts, two Dak, and one Lamar. Um, so my player pools are very, very narrow. So I typically, like 
a lot of the weeks, I would say it's two quarterbacks total. So one quarterback in two of the three lineups and then another quarterback in the other uh, would be what mine looks like on average. But there certainly have been weeks where it's the same quarterback in all three, uh, where I'm just simply getting exposure to some of the different value pieces, different defenses, things like that. Yeah, just to expand uh, uh, real quick before we get to this Packers game. So let's just say you're doing this three. Like for me, I might have a three max that I'm doing, and I might have like four or five single entries that I'm doing. It, like let's just talk tournaments. So I have a like I have a comp. I have about eight lineups. It's very likely in in, in most weeks I'm going to have just two stacks scattered across those eight lineups, and then I'm going to have just sort of different pieces in my pool filtering in. I'm trying to keep my player pool narrow as well. It's very you know, th there's been very few weeks so far where I've had like a third stack that I've put in. It's usually one primary one and then a secondary one that I, I really like. I just don't like as much as the other one. And so I'm really just running those two stacks and then uh, some pieces, obviously, around that uh, for, for variation purposes. All right, let's move to the Packers and the Steelers. Not super intrigued by this game for obvious reasons. I mean, I think if you're playing like a showdown slate or something, which, you know, most people don't do, you know, during the main slate, I think guys like Aaron Jones are interesting at 6,500. He's starting to get work. I'm not in love with this receiving core because I just don't know who's going to get the ball. And I, Jordan Love's just not a very good quarterback. And then on the other side, you know, I think there is some interest in guys like Najee Harris and Jalen Warren just because they're so inexpensive. But again, I, I don't really want to have to pick and choose there. If anything, I'd be picking Jalen Warren in that spot. Um, Deontay Johnson at 5,400, I think he presents value. But again, I don't think I'm getting there either. Are you getting anywhere in this game? I'm really probably not. Uh, the guy that I liked initially and the computer likes a little bit is Aaron Jones, who you mentioned. Uh, I think we need to be a little careful with it, though. I know it was encouraging to see 20 rushing attempts, 24 total touches, 26 if you count targets. Um, a lot of that was game script specific, though. They won yeah. that game uh, 20 to 3. I don't think that they're able to do that on the road in Pittsburgh here. So I, I think that I would be extremely, extremely cautious with that. He is someone that, when healthy, when right, he, he should be that $7,500 player to 8K player. Uh, much like we talked about that kind of progression with Alvin Kamara early this season, that's where we're at with Jones. I just wish the matchup was different because Pittsburgh is very stingy defense. It is a road game. Uh, so the computer likes it more than I like it personally. I probably am going to ignore what the computer wants uh, and be off of them just a little bit. And then if I had to play something, it might be a uh, receptions over market where I think he will be. The path to him having a big day is going to be through the receiving game. Okay, let's move on because I don't, I don't think we really need to talk too much about that game. This game has a little bit of intrigue to me. Titans plus one uh, at the Bucks. It's a 39-point total. You know, I, I don't know that I want to necessarily buy in on Will Levis in terms of him being like a great DFS option, but he is only 5,300. I think that's notable. What's more notable, in my opinion, is that he's more expensive than Baker Mayfield at 5,100. And we know there's situations where Baker Mayfield can can certainly air it out. He doesn't always look like the best quarterback, but that doesn't mean, kind of like the Derek Carr experience, it doesn't mean that they don't stack up yards and have some weapons that can uh, you know, take house calls. So I think Baker at 5,100 is interesting against the Titans back end. That isn't very good. Now, granted, this might be kind of, you know, a slow run fest type game, especially on the Titans side, but we have pieces here, Mike. I mean, Rashad White at 5,800. Uh, we have Mike Evans at 7,200, kind of expensive. Chris Godwin at 6,700, not super interested in that. Otten, somebody I mentioned last week, he's up 400 now from 3,000 to 3,400. D-Hop, 6K. I'm not saying you should be interested in this game, but I'm just curious, are you? 
I'm not super interested in it, but I will take some shots in tournaments in a one-off with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's very clear that Will Levis likes him and trusts him and, and wants to hit that big play, right? That, that's what yeah. they want to do. That's what he wants to do. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins is frankly very good at catching footballs in those situations still. Um, 11 targets in the last game. The efficiency is the question, right? I think that Tampa Bay has generally kind of been a pass funnel. They, they kind of encourage some of that. So I do like uh, Hopkins. I'm not going to go to the extent that I'm going to stack Will Levis with them and think we're getting three-plus touchdowns. I do think we can have the 50-yard touchdown that allows him to be a good play. Uh, again, he's 6K. He's not 7K. Um, shorter slate overall. So I like Hopkins, but that is going to be it for me. How about on the other side? Because we have, first of all, I mean, speaking of one-offs, let's say you were just going to do like, like not, I know you only do your five lines, but like for somebody who just wanted to have like a one-off lineup, would, would Baker Mayfield at 5,100 at least enter the conversation with, for example, Mike Evans and a D-hop run back? And, and, and by the way, the answer can be no there. How do you feel about Rashad White? That's my second question. Yeah, so uh, Baker actually does enter the player pool via the computer. When I tell it to build, say, 50 lineups here, he is firmly uh, showing up. So that that part is fascinating. And again, it's a price point thing, 5,100. He, I mean, I, we could talk about other games. We might go back to that one. Josh Dobbs is 5,500. Baker Mayfield's still cheaper than Josh Dobbs. Dobbs has been phenomenal, no doubt. Uh, but Baker Mayfield has been a legitimate starting quarterback here uh, against – you know, it gets a home game here. So yes, uh, he's certainly in play and you can do a lot of interesting things with the rest of your lineup. If you play him, I don't even think you need to stack him with anyone. I think you could play just Baker Mayfield and build the lineup out the rest of the way you want. Interesting. Yeah. We talked about that the other day. I'm trying to remember which quarterback it was, but we had a really low priced option. And uh, the thought was, yeah, just, just take that low price option. He'll hit value and then build your lineup. However you want. I think that's a very interesting way to approach it. I might, like I said, I might finally buckle and play Rashad white this week, just because there's not a lot of value run, at least at this point, it's Friday. Like value could open up at the running back position, maybe, but uh, Rashad White does appear to be one of the few values, in, in my opinion, in that 5K range. You mentioned the Pack or the, the Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. Let's talk about that game next. We've got a 40.5 point, or I should say a 41-point total. Saints favored by three here. Uh, you mentioned Josh Dobbs, man. What, what, like, what a game from him. I mean, he had a lot of errors, too. Let's, let's be very clear on that. But a really spirited effort, considering he barely knew the playbook or his players. I think there's something really interesting brewing here, and maybe you can let us know from an ownership standpoint, because for the last few weeks, Alvin Kamara has been like, listen, people just want to play Alvin Kamara, but this might be the week where people are finally off of him. And it makes sense, right? Because Taysom Hill is vulturing a lot of touchdowns. Jamal Williams is back. And, and by the way, Kamara just hasn't been super great over the last couple of weeks. Is this the, is this the time where maybe we can grab a super contrarian for once Alvin Kamara? It is. Uh, I love Alvin Kamara in this particular spot. Yeah. You know, the passing game work has still been there, really. Uh, five targets last two games, not the 14 that we've seen a couple times, but he's still managed to turn those into, you know, 90 receiving yards combined over the last two games. He just simply didn't land in the end zone last week. Uh, and a lot of it was Taysom Hill. Uh, I don't know that you can consistently bank on Taysom Hill taking all that volume, all that work. So I like Kamara here. Uh, the price point is it's right at that number we've been calling for essentially uh, for the last five weeks, right? Uh, we Alvin Kamara should be eight 
thousand to $8,500, depending on the matchup. He's mm-hmm. finally there. And now nobody wants to play him. I've got him projected for less than 5% ownership. Wow. Uh, he has three touchdown upside. He has 10 reception upside uh, in most every game that he plays, frankly. Uh, so I like him uh, a lot. I will be playing him. Not going to be a lock button situation. He won't be in all five of my lineups. Won't be across the board in cash games or anything like that, but certainly going to be playing Alvin Kamara. So anybody else on the Saints side, particularly like I'm not really looking to stack uh, Derek Carr, but Taysom Hill was 4,700 last week. And and so this is a little contrarian to what we just talked about, right? I mean, I I wouldn't play Kamara and Taysom Hill in the same lineup, of course, but in the non-Kamara lineups at Taysom Hill at 5,100 at the, again, at the tight end position, is he somebody you're considering or is he starting to price himself out and you're just looking for variance from him in terms of maybe not being as productive as he has the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I'm going to continue to sit it out. Uh, and obviously, he's been phenomenal. And it has been the last four weeks um, that that's happened like that. But I, I'm still going to be off of it um, at, at this point. So he's run pretty hot in terms of scoring touchdowns overall. Again, incredible athlete. I, you know, there's a lot you could say about him there. And an incredible weapon, you know, both in fantasy and real life football. Uh, just not something that I, I think the volume is high enough for me. So I'd rather bet the other side of it. And what I mean by bet the other side of it is bet Alvin Kamara. Uh, so I'm going to be off of Taysom Hill again. Yeah, you got you to make your call. If, if you're big on Alvin Kamara in a contrarian spot, then you're big on Alvin Kamara in a contrarian spot. That probably means Taysom Hill doesn't have the production he has. But certainly he's a viable option. Listen, if you don't like Alvin Kamara, f- feel free to play Taysom Hill because that, that also makes a lot of sense. Um, we had a question I wanted to get to before we get to the four o'clock slate of games. Um, oh, it was about, uh, it was about any concern for, uh, somebody asked about Devonte Adams. It was really a redraft question, but yeah, I have a lot of concern for Devonte Adams personally against the jets coming up. And in general, I mean, I think Aiden O'Connell is okay, but I, I don't think, uh, we're going to see a ton of spike games from Devonte Adams. You agree, Mike? Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're seeing it. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's time to kind of move on uh at that at least in matchups that are you know like this one so yeah by the way one last question in the minnesota game before we uh get to the four the four four o'clock games uh brandon powell is 3200 uh which i think is interesting we know kj osborne is going to be out of this game obviously justin jefferson isn't back so it's really the jordan addison show i mean uh, by the way alexander madison to 5500 like there's some value there because we know unfortunately cam Akers towards achilles again o- opposite side this time so it's going to be a lot of Alexander Madison and maybe Powell is really on the field pretty much the whole time here at 3,200. Um, any of those two guys popping up in your model? Yeah. I mean, I think you could definitely play either of them. Uh, this is another one, you know, if you remember last week, we talked about it a little bit ahead of time. Like th- this was a total we liked last week over uh, with Atlanta, Minnesota, super low total. Uh, just games tend to kind of shoot out like that with, with a guy like Dobbs playing there. I think that's going to be especially true again. Uh, so I do like uh, any of the the pass catching options, frankly, and Madison can be thrown into that mix as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Hawkinson's coming in with a, a questionable tag. If he plays, I like him. Um, if he doesn't play, I like Powell a lot more. Uh, just the, they're essentially out of options, and, and Dobbs does some magical things there. 
<laughs> they are out of options. The receivers behind uh, Brandon Powell, Tristan Jackson, Nikhil Harry, Jalen Naylor. Um, by the way, Ed, any concerns with Kamara's diminished role? Yes, of course. That's why he's contrarian. So, like, that's the game we're playing, right? Everybody has concerns about his diminished role, which is keeping his ownership percentage down. But if he has that spike game, which we know Kamara can have, and if the role kind of uh, is rejuvenated because Taysom Hill isn't getting a lot of that stuff near the goal line, then all of a sudden Alvin Kamara spikes. He has that Alvin Kamara game, and he's only at 5 or 4% ownership. That's, again, sort of that tournament game uh, that, that we have to play if we want to spike a tournament. All right, well, we're going to spike to the 4 o'clock games. But before we do that, let's hear a message from our partners. All right, we go to the Lions and the Chargers. I mean, this is certainly the marquee game of the week from a DFS standpoint. I, mean, I Obviously, you could argue that the that the Bengals game versus Houston is also that game. But again, that game, we really have to monitor the injuries a lot. This game, we pretty much know who's playing. And that includes David Montgomery, who who is back and has been practicing this week. He's 6,900. So that, you know, it begs the question, what's his split going to be with Jameer Gibbs? You know, how much, you know, between the tackles is he going to be running versus Jameer Gibbs? That's a situation I think I kind of want to avoid. Uh, I don't want to avoid Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't want to avoid... Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta. Laporta 5,700, Amon Ross 8,300, Goff 6,400. Pretty expensive once you put all three of those in play, especially if you want, want to run it back with Keenan Allen. But all those names I just mentioned, I really like. How are you playing this game? Yeah, I like them all. Uh, I just love this game in general. Uh, you know, we've talked about it a number of times, but the Detroit side is a side that I want to play when they're playing in a controlled environment in a dome. That is where their offense seems to hum, and I, I really like it. Uh, and then you look at the Chargers side. It's a team that we've all known how talented they can be at times. They always tend to underperform, at least in terms of winning actual football games. Uh, they're banged up, right? And we know that Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler are getting the usage. Look at Austin Eckler's last game. I know they played the Jets there. Seven targets, only caught two of them. That is very, very rare uh, for that. So I, I think there's a ton of room left there. I like both sides of this game, but I, I think I'm higher on the Chargers side than the market seems to be. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think this game is going to be extremely, extremely competitive. And I, I don't think the Lions are necessarily as great as people think they are. And I don't think the Chargers are as bad as people think they are. So I think we get a competitive game with at least a lot of yards uh, between the 20s, which is going to be great for DFS. So on the Herbert side, that's certainly going to be less popular, partly because it's it's certainly more expensive, like Herbert to Keenan Allen, that's 7,700 to 8,800. Is that how you're playing that stack? I mean, you mentioned Austin Eckler. So give me maybe one or two stacks or one or two ways to play that Charger side. Yeah, so the Chargers side, I should clarify on that. I'm still mostly going to be on the Joe Burrow stacks. I'm just going to be sprinkling in uh, and building core lineups with, with guys like Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. So mm -hmm. what may happen is I may actually uh, not play as much Jamar Chase, focus on the secondary options with Higgins out and Chase potentially limited, and instead insert guys like Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Amonra St. Brown. Uh, so I'll be heavily, heavily involved in this game. Um, but where I'd really like, if you're just talking game stack overall, mm -hmm. I'd honestly rather play the Lions side uh, with – the stack itself, and then use Eckler and Keenan Allen uh, as those bring back options. Gotcha. Okay. And is there a scenario where you'd have a golf stack without Amon Ross St. Brown? <sighs> Probably not, but I could, there, there are, it, it is certainly still viable. It would be with Laporta for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would have a minimum of either Eckler or Allen and potentially both on the bring back. Yeah, speaking of Laporta, uh, the Chargers are are straight up terrible covering the tight end. So I think Laporta's in for, uh, he's usually in for a great day. I think it's even a bigger day uh, maybe than people expect here because of uh, how the Chargers cover uh, the tight end. And for the record, Amon Ra, like the Chargers also play, but more zone than most teams. And I think Amon Ra, like that's really good for Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown specifically. Any cheap options on either side? Like I look at the Chargers side, I see Quentin Johnston. 4,100. Jalen Guyton got a couple targets last week. And I had just, you know, it was it was surprising to me because I just haven't seen him on the field in so long because they have so many other guys like Davis and DeAndre Carter. He's a flat 3K. Um, he ran a lot of routes. He just only got the two targets. But anybody you're interested as a cheap kind of pay down option in this game on either side? Uh, you know, I think that it, it's always interesting when you have a guy like Guyton. He, he's one that's going to be a deep threat for sure. Um I'm probably not going to get there. I, I think a lot of the industry is going to focus on Trent Irwin on C, on the Cincinnati side, mm-hmm. uh, especially if Chase gets ruled out. Um, so I'm probably going to be off of it. I think Johnson is fine at 4,100. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, frankly, I we haven't really seen much from him uh, in terms of really spiking. So I think a lot of it's still going to be Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen on that side. So uh, for me, it, it's a really attractive game environment overall, but I think the reason it's so attractive is we kind of know where the volume's going. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, by the way, Kyle, your question about Tyler Lockett, we're going to get to that in two games when we get to the Commanders uh, at the Seahawks. But first, let's go to the Falcons minus two at the Cardinals. I mean, this is a really interesting game. Kyler Murray officially the starter for the Cardinals. Um, so that's just interesting in and of itself. It looks like James Conner is going to play in this one. Uh, should be activated off IR. We'll have to like make sure we get that confirmed. Uh, Heineke is going to be the quarterback for Atlanta, uh, 5,100. That's the same price of as Baker Mayfield if you want to kind of just contrast and compare which low QB option you might want to play in, in one or two lineups. I think the issue with Heineke is is who's the receiver of choice? Like, who's he actually going to be throwing to? Uh, and you can't even really grab Kyle Pitts out of that because Johnny Smith usually gets more run. On that Arizona side, Marquise Brown at 5,200 makes sense. Trey McBride at 3,500 makes sense. Are, are you interested in a stack in this one? Like, and by the way, I'm not asking, like, you specifically, because because we already know like Joe Burrow is going to, you know, make most of your lines, maybe, maybe a couple in that Chargers game. But if, in terms of like showing up in your model, do do Kyler or Heineke show up at all? Uh, that is a good question. Yes, Kyler Murray does show up uh, near the bottom, about the same kind of exposure as guys like Dobbs, Howell, and Purdy, um, but playable. Fifty nine hundred. You know, who knows what the rushing upside really looks like at this point? But uh, yeah, certainly playable. You know, when he's healthy, when everything's right, and when the team is trying to win games, he's. You know, a $7,000 quarterback, not a $5,900 quarterback. So uh, I do not mind anyone playing Kyler Murray. By the way, I, I, I misspoke about Taylor Heineke in the sense that I, I said, who's the receiver of choice? Well, that's still a question, but Drake London wasn't there last week and he's practicing in full this week. So I would imagine Drake London is the receiver of choice here. Listen, this Cardinals back end, it's not very good. Uh, the game conditions should be very good. Is, is a Heineke, Drake London stack, in play at all for you it's not where i'm going to be but again it's one that uh if it got there it wouldn't shock me at all like i I think that could that combination get you 40 fantasy points yeah i think it's very possible in this matchup so 
Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, this is an interesting one for maybe the afternoon slate, like the, with, with the four games where you play that Heineke stack with Drake London and you just hope Heineke treats Drake London like he treated like Terry McLaurin and just kind of force feeds him the ball, maybe some medicine balls in there too, unfortunately. But you maybe you run it back with, with Marquise Brown or, or Trey McBride. And then what does that allow you to do in that afternoon slate? It allows you to go up to that Chargers-Lions game and grab a couple of big-time pieces. And then, you know, what your hope there, of course, is that the, that the Jared Goff stacks don't exactly work out. The the Justin Herbert stacks don't exactly work out, but the pieces that you got do work out. So, uh, Mike, how do you think you like is that is that at least an option for the afternoon slate? Yeah, for the afternoon slate, I think it's definitely an option. Uh, you know, it's always interesting to talk about the differences between the main slate and the afternoon slate uh, more so than really any of the other weeks. Uh, I think it's very true this week when, when you look at it. I think that everything is going to be that Detroit LA game. Uh, Dallas is just a massive, massive favorite. We'll talk about it in a minute. So yeah, I think that out of all the games here, the one that could shoot out and like really change that slate, it's this Atlanta Arizona game. Like it wouldn't shock me if both teams uh, approached, you know, 28 to 30 points in this game. Yeah. I wouldn't shock me at all either. So before we get to that Dallas game, your top three at each position, our cheat sheets, which we're going to do rapidly. Let's go Commanders plus six and a half at the Seahawks. I want to start with a question. Kyle Priest in our in our chat was asking about Tyler Lockett, who, by the way, is 6,100. JSN, 4,100. DK Metcalf, 6,800. I bring up the receivers because they're playing Washington, and this is a back end that can absolutely get exposed. Not much of a pass rush now that Montez Sweat, Chase Young are gone. I wonder if a Geno stack is in play, but when I look at Lockett at 6,100 to, to Kyle's question, I mean, I, I love that. I mean, DK Metcalf's still a little banged up. JSN might get some run, but Lockett's healthy. He's practicing. Uh, it seems like a pretty good spot for him. It's a very good spot for him, and Geno Smith definitely in play for me. Uh, one of the quarterbacks showing up the most uh, when, it, when I tell it to build lineups, it's Geno Smith right up there. 5,800, uh, I like it a lot, honestly. I think this is a great, great matchup for this Seattle team to really kind of get right and put up a a big performance at home. So I, I like Geno Smith. I like Tyler Lockett a ton. Any interest in Kenneth Walker at 6,800? I, I think he's he's a little he's priced a little too high for this slate, personally. He is healthy, though, uh, and we know this Washington defense can kind of bend and break through four quarters. Any interest there? I don't have a ton of interest there. Uh, I, I get why there would be some. Um, I think the the scenarios where he's going to have, you know, 20 carries again, I, I think are relatively limited. I, I don't think that yeah. we see that. So I know that he is healthy, uh, was dealing with the chest injury. Um, you know, look, he, he's had a number of minor injuries throughout the season. I don't think this is a spot where they just go overuse him overall. So I'm going to stay off of it. Um, but he certainly can have a lot of red zone work. Absolutely. I totally agree. On the Washington side, I don't think I'm going to get to Sam Howell this week. I wouldn't argue with anybody that that wanted to because just their pass rate is is unbelievable. And in a negative game script, it, it likely stays unbelievable. So, I mean, I, I'm not completely ruling out Sam Howell. Um, he is spreading it around a little bit too much, so he he feels like a hard guy to stack these days. But, I mean, obviously Sam Howell to Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuels healthy. I mean, there's so many receivers. Jameson Crowder, Deami Brown, Byron Pringle's getting a lot of run at 3K. So I can't imagine stacking Sam Howell, which is probably why I'm off the, that side. Are you also off of it? 
I'm off that side. Uh, if you told me you needed me to play a Sam Howell lineup, to me it would be Jahan Dotson. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, I like the volume increase that we've seen. Uh, I think he's back. I think that they've got a good thing going on right now. Yes, they've scored. He scored touchdowns in each of the last two games, but it's really the volume for me. 26 targets over the last three games. Uh, one of those games against the Eagles, one against the Patriots, let's play, play slow. And one of those games, it was a 7-14 to 14 final score against the Giants. So uh, he's getting volume even in, in a variety of different game scripts. Uh, I think Jahan Dotson is the preferred option if I had to stack it. Yeah, I think he's a really good receiver too. Keep an eye on him the next couple of years. Obviously, he's a, he's a great prospect, so it's not like he's under the radar, but uh, what is under the radar is the Giants doing anything against the Cowboys. And by the way, who is it? It is um, Greg Gusey. You have a question. We're going to get to that when we get to Mike's top three in terms of uh, a quarterback for cash lineups. But Giants plus 17 at the Cowboys, uh, 38 and a half point total. I don't really know what to say about this game. I'm not playing any Giants, uh, although I, I don't think you can even make the argument uh, for really any Giants, to be honest with you. Uh, Cowboys is a different story. I'm not playing any of the receivers. I'm not playing Dak. However, I think Pollard is is at least interesting. I don't think I'm getting to Pollard personally, but I think he's interesting. I honestly think Rico Dowdle is interesting at 4,300 because of how this game may get out of hand. And I, this Cowboys team is a Super Bowl aspiring team. They might they might want to after a half if they're up, you know, 14, 17 points. Maybe they pull Pollard. Maybe I just made that up. Maybe Pollard plays three and a half quarters. I don't know how you play in this game, Mike. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all if Pollard. Uh doesn't get all the work all four quarters uh if they're up that big i think that they definitely pull him um i still like him i think he's playable uh if if there's a cham if there's a time for him to find the end zone and potentially twice it's definitely the first half of this game uh so i like him uh my primary focus here will still be paying all the way up for the cowboys defense at 4400 mm. uh, there's enough value out there this week in my opinion uh, that I, I think you could justify that price tag on the Dallas defense. Um, it wouldn't shock me if the Giants didn't score in this game or scored less than 10 points. I will say this, since we don't talk about defenses much, when I was putting my lineup together before the show, there were some paydown defenses that I liked. Uh, Arizona at 2,500 at home against Atlanta is okay. If you believe in the Jaguars, they're 2,400 at home against uh, Brock Purdy and company. Not, not something I'm probably going to play, but I thought it was worth pointing out. Um, Let's see the Bengals. No, I, pro- I probably wouldn't do that, but there's a couple pay down options like the ones I, I just mentioned are at least decent. But yeah, I agree. Certainly the Cowboys are very much in play. And by the way, uh, Smith Waller says, is Brian Robinson any interest there with the Seahawks defense? Absolutely not for me. Uh, Mike, same answer. Uh, with the Seahawks defense? I don't know. Mind- Robinson versus the Seahawks. Oh, defense. versus. Yes. No interest in Robinson. I actually have interest in the Seahawks defense. Uh, you mentioned the pass volume. Uh, that's what you're looking for with defenses, right? You're looking for potentials to have sacks and interceptions, turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're throwing the football that many times uh, in a road environment, way more opportunities for an interception. Um, yeah, I think that I, I like the Seattle defense. I like the Dallas defense, and I like the Arizona Cardinals defense. All right. I like it. You got a pay down option and two pay up options there. All right. Uh, let's look at Mike's top three options at each position. We're going to start at the quarterback. And when, when you're done with the quarterback, I want you to I want you to rank them for cash games as well. The, the three that you have here. Geno Smith is number two. I three off. He's not number one. He's number two mm-hmm. for me. Uh, Joe Burrow is number one by a good margin for me. Uh, but then it's Geno Smith and then Jared Goff. Those are the three teams and game environments that I really like this week. 
as far as cash games, I think that it's probably still Burrow for me, but it could be Geno uh, down at the mm-hmm. price point there. Um, all three of them are cash game viable. All three of them are certainly tournament viable, uh, but those are the three I like the most. Yeah, and I'll throw in uh, for my cash game, it's probably going to be I'll probably do one or two. You know, it might be Jared Goff in both, but I certainly like Joe Burrow there too. So it's going to be it's going to be one of those two for sure as my cash game quarterbacks. Uh, running back, who are your top three? By the way, we've got um, plenty of people watching. Not many people have hit the like button yet. Uh, try to remember to do that for for all the shows, but uh, including this one, uh, we still have some time left to, for you to do that. Mike, your top three at running back. Yes, uh, starting with Tony Pollard. Again, the order on this, it's not a definitive one, two, three always. And that's definitely the case this week. Important to preface that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tony Pollard's just the guy that showed up in the computer the most. It makes sense. Dallas is a big favorite. Uh, They typically lean on running backs in that spot. I do have some concerns if he doesn't get a ton of volume in the first half that it may not work out. Uh, but I'm going to play him. Number two, Austin Eckler. I love Austin Eckler this week. I like the Chargers to keep the game competitive uh, and, and be in that game script where they have the opportunity to rack up fantasy points. Um, mm-hmm. So I love Austin Eckler. And then Joe Mixon. I think that Cincinnati, when you lose T. Higgins, you have a banged up Jamar Chase. Uh, they've shown the willingness to still give him the football. It's a, a game against the Texans that they have an offense that can push a defense that definitely surrenders yards. So those would be my top three running backs there. All right, wide receiver. Tyler Boyd, number one right now, just the price point, Chief. That is enough with the squeaking toys, by the way, buddy. Um, But yeah, Tyler Boyd. I I love the Bengals offense this week, regardless of who is catching passes. Number two, Amandra St. Brown. Uh, Again, love this guy. Love this offense when it's in a dome, in a controlled environment uh, against an overrated defensive unit in the Chargers. And then finally, Keenan Allen, uh, target volumes there going up against Detroit. I think they're going to have to pass the ball quite a bit in this game. Uh, so it's Tyler Boyd, Amonro St. Brown, and Keenan Allen. All right. And at tight end, you got three here. Yeah, I listed Trey McBride first. I will give you a full disclosure on that. I may come back off of him a little bit now that we know it's Kyler. We know that Connor could potentially be there. Uh, the offense could look drastically different. Um, so I may come off of Trey McBride just a little bit. If I do, it'll probably be in favor of a guy like Evan Ingram. Uh, but the other two, I like Dalton Schultz and Sam Laporta. Love Laporta for the Lions. We talked about the Lions. Love that. Uh, and then Dalton Schultz, just that game environment overall. I think that he's a sneaky, sneaky bring back, uh, against Cincinnati. Yeah. I really can't wait to hear, especially with that game, the injury news, because, like about Jamar Chase kind of in particular. And we honestly might not know until he's actually on the field, but that game has a lot of intrigue. There's obviously two like high profile games on this slate. Um, You can go other directions, but that game has a lot of intrigue to me. All right, my cheat sheet. Let's start with me. I'm going to go Jared Goff. I mean, I spoiled this a long time ago. Jared Goff, 6,400 to Amon Ross St. Brown uh, at 8,300. Oh, this is last week's cheat sheet, by the way, which I don't want you to put up because it was Mac Jones. Listen, I took a gamble. It didn't work out. Washington defense. What are you going to do? Uh, but I've got Jared Goff, 6,400 to Amon Ross St. Brown, 8,300. Trent Irwin's my value at 3,000. You know, kind of gambling there. Let's wait on the news. But it does look like, you know, he's going to be on the field. So at a flat 3K on, on a slate where I want to really pay up for my stack and, and I've got some some receivers in particular I want to pay up to. I'm going to have to pay down somewhere. So um, maybe there'll be other pay down options in that like 3K to 3,200 range like Brandon Powell. So if Irwin gets super popular in tournaments, I might switch off of him to a guy like Brandon Powell or somebody else in that range. Rashad White, first time I've mentioned his name in terms of the the fact that I'm playing him. Uh, He's 5,800. 
Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take that value there. I think Alexander Madison is in play there, by the way, in terms of he's not going to be chalk, but I'm saying in that mid 5K range, I think he's in play. My contrarian is going to be Alvin Kamara. Finally, nobody's going to be on him. Let's see if he pops. My fate is going to be CeeDee Lamb. I'm seeing that ownership is actually kind of collecting on CeeDee Lamb, not in a huge way, but in a, in a way that uh, I'm kind of surprised, like in that 15, 16% range. Maybe that goes down, but for now, he's looking to be at least reasonably popular. So I'm definitely fading him at 8,500. Mike, your cheat sheet. All right. Uh, we're going to start with Joe Burrow. Uh, and right now it's going to be two Tyler Boyd, but you can really make this any of them, whether it's Chase or even Trent Irwin. Uh, I think that he's going to be viable. So I love that call out by you. He was almost my value play. I listed McBride as my value play for now. This might be subject to change. I will update it over on Sportsline in the DFS article if I'm for some reason coming off of Trey McBride completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now he's still a fine value play. Chalk play going to be Joe Mixon for me. Again, very heavy on Cincinnati. I think that the Texans offense is going to be able to push enough to push the Cincinnati offense overall. I think Joe Mixon's going to have a heavy, heavy workload both on the ground and in the passing game. Contrarian play like you. I love Alvin Kamara here, 8,300. I think there is a kind of a lack of like real massive upside players on this slate overall. And it's not a $9,000 price point like we had seen with some of the wide receivers. So I I like Kamara here. And then I'm going to fade Marquise Brown at 5,200. He's projecting for some ownership. He gets his quarterback back here in Kyler Murray uh, and a very favorable matchup still against Atlanta's secondary. So I'm going to fade him, though, at 5,200. It's close enough in range to guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, um, Tyler Boyd's cheaper, just some of those better teams overall um now that marquise is getting some ownership i'm going to sit that one out yeah as much as i like that atlanta arizona game as like a possible tournament play particularly on the afternoon slate like we can't just assume kyler murray i mean it can happen but we can't just assume kyler murray is going to step back in and we're going to see the same kyler murray we saw before the injury where he's peppering marquise brown he's running around out of the pocket like he's coming off a major injury and, and frankly I'm surprised he's even playing this season. But again, we're going to see some rust like we see with all quarterbacks that miss a ton of time. And that rust might last throughout the entire season. So don't be mad at, at Kyle, Kyler Murray if he, if he has a bad game, because I just don't expect him to be firing on all cylinders game one, even against a, a bad Atlanta defense. I, I kind of hope he does because I'm playing the afternoon slate and, and, and I want to have a lineup where that game goes back and forth. So I'm going to play it, but it's, I don't have like super high expectations that Kyler Murray is going to be the same Kyler Murray. All right. Um, I think that does it. I think we answered Kyler or Baker is the question. I would go Baker. Are you talking DFS, I assume? Um, I would go Baker because of the price points. Uh, What do you say on that one, Mike? Yeah, I'll lean to Baker. Um, You know, Kyler, he's got a ton of upside, but uh, knowing that uh, James Conner likely back there too, I think that hurts Kyler a bit in the red zone and just from a volume uh, standpoint overall. So I'll go Baker there. All right. And uh, Uwe, I have to answer his questions because Uwe 2K, because he's always in this chat. We really appreciate that. He says, better Atlanta run back, Drake London or Bijan Robinson? I should say Bijan Robinson. I would say Drake London, Mike. Uh, What would you say? Yeah, I'll say Drake London at this point. Uh, Robinson, just it's too inconsistent in terms of some of the volume there. Um, He's clearly talented. He does make the player pool overall when when I run a bunch of lineups. But if you're talking like capturing upside, all those kind of things on a true bring back, it would be Drake London. All right. And uh, this isn't a question. It's a statement. We're going to end our show with this. Shad says, don't forget, Call of Duty came out today. Fade Kyler Murray. I mean, 
that's actually pretty good advice. I'm not going to lie to you. All right, everybody, that's Fantasy Football Today DFS. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Like Mike said, if he has updates, he's going to put them up on uh, Sportsline. But certainly you can message me if you have any questions or you can tweet at us, um, at Mike or myself, and uh, we'll try to answer your questions too. Hopefully you have a great week 10. We'll see you again on Tuesday. It'll be me and Meg Schaup and of course...